You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 161. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. In this episode, we're going to address something that I know many of you are faced with, and that's the request from your business leaders to build a PMO, and oh, by the way, you're also going to be managing projects or programs. How do you handle that, and how do you actually make progress on the PMO and getting that strong foundation built when they're also asking you, to spend a good bit of your time managing projects and doing the work of delivering services in your organization. So we're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to give you some tips that you can use to actually find that right balance, have good conversations with your business leaders about the impact of doing this, and eventually getting them on board with you focusing on building the PMO so that it can be a sustainable business solution to further the organization's goals. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, our free virtual event specifically for PMO leaders is back in September. Now you're going to want to register for this event now for free so that you are the first to know about all of the great stuff that we have coming. Now, what we're doing at this event is giving you an opportunity to elevate your impact. No matter where you sit in the organization, no matter if you're starting your first PMO or trying to elevate your existing PMO, there are some secrets to success of the best PMO leaders, and we are going to cover them in this virtual conference. Now the conference takes place on September 27th and 28th, but we're going to give you a couple bonus days to access all of the recordings on the 29th and 30th. So make sure you register for free. We are going to be looking at concepts that you're probably not going to see anywhere else. We're going to be looking at differences in running a strategy realization office from a PMO, why enterprise agility has never been more important for PMO leaders, how to help your organization become more business agile, and how to bring people with you through the change process, understanding the investment-driven PMO, how you can help with business agility as a PMO leader and through the PMO, and why establishing a transformation office is the key to business agility. So everything you've wanted to know about how to elevate the PMO, we're covering in this PMO Impact Summit. And I'm also going to do my PMO Kickstart Workshop to do an evaluation of where your PMO is right now, evaluate and assess your existing PMO or the way project management's happening in your organization without a PMO and create your action plan for taking full advantage of the event and elevating your PMO in your organization. So make sure you go to pmoimpactsummit.com, register now for free, And I look forward to seeing you in live sessions with me and with our partner, UMT360, to help you elevate your PMO. And you'll also have access to recordings from some of our top thought leaders in the PMO space around the world, sharing their best strategies 
for helping you elevate your PMO and your impact in your organization. So if you're building your first PMO, trying to get your first PMO job, you're going to want to know what to do to hit the ground running. And if you are an existing PMO, you always should be looking at elevating your role, the PMO services and capabilities and impact. And we're going to tell you where PMOs are going and how to be sure that you are doing the right things to get there and make that impact quickly. Just go to PMOImpactSummit.com and I am so excited and cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. Now, this is something that comes up with students sometimes when they first join the Impact Engine PMO program. They're being asked to set up a PMO and it might even be their first PMO or it's a new PMO inside an organization that they've just moved to. And they're asked to set this PMO up and also run programs and projects. And if they're smart, they're saying, um, okay, so how am I going to do all of that at once? And so I just want you to know that if this is happening to you, this is pretty common. And there's a lot of reasons for it, which I'm going to dive into a little bit here and then talk about ways that you can address this situation if it happens to you. Now, back when I was building and running PMOs, and in case you don't know, I built my first PMO in 1999 and spent the next 15 years inside organizations building PMOs, transformation offices, uh, organizations that were setting up whole new ways for businesses to run, operating models, etc. And they were all under this umbrella of helping the organization achieve their business strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible. Now, when I was in those roles, many times I was asked to build the plane while flying it. I was asked to, as a PMO of one, just getting started, to deliver on projects and programs, deliver on services and capabilities while I was trying to build them out. In episode 159, I talked about creating that balance of working in the PMO versus working on the PMO. And that gives you some really good insights into how to find the balance and that you need to have a balance and you can't do all of one or all of the other. So today I really want to dive specifically into that question of how do you respond when you hear, oh, but you're also going to manage programs and projects. Okay. So back to my career in the years that I was inside organizations building and running PMOs. Many times I was asked to do both. and One time in particular, I can remember, I wasn't even the only one in the organization. When I first went to the organization, I remember starting in the organization, and they might have even brought it up in the interviews. They said, you know what? We think, as the PMO leader with a full team of program managers, that you're building a PMO from scratch. We think it would be a good idea for you to also manage a program, you know, so that you can figure out how programs are done here so that you can understand how we do program management. Now, what they didn't know, but I had already figured out through the 16 interviews they had me do, yes, 16, and a full mental and psych evaluation, and they hired me anyway, so there's that. But they had revealed through the right questions that I had asked that they really needed a lot of help changing how they do program management. So it wasn't so much about me needing to learn how they did it as much as it was to understand the pain points and the challenges they were experiencing so that I could help them find better ways to do things. So when they brought that up in the interview process, I didn't say, oh, no, 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 I shouldn't do that. And here's why you're wrong, because that's not the appropriate time and place to have that conversation. 
you get the job first and you use what you're learning in the interview process to hit the ground running more effectively. So I didn't say yes or no. I said, okay, that's interesting. I can't wait to dive into that once I get started and figure out where that right balance is, right? So you want to have what I call the yes and mindset. And I didn't come up with this. I learned this from my professional speaking coach through the Heroic Public Speaking Program. And they taught us how to use yes and in our speeches and our conversations in the way we influence others, et cetera. So I used this yes and kind of language in the interview process. And I said, okay, all right, yes, that sounds very interesting. I definitely want to dive in and learn how program management is done in the organization and where the opportunities for improvement lie. I didn't say, absolutely, yes, I want to manage programs and also build out this PMO. Again, interview process, not the right place and time. Okay, so then after I got the job, they brought it up again. They said, you know, we think it would be a great idea for you to take on one of these enormous programs, by the way, and they didn't say enormous, but they were, and that would be a great way to learn how we do things here. And again, I said, okay, that sounds great. Let's look at the whole picture of what everyone is doing. Let me get a lay of the land and figure out where the opportunities are. And so I, again, didn't say no, but I didn't say, great, let's dive into that one particular program. I helped them see that the only thing that logically made sense was for us to first let me get a lay of the land to understand the scope of this PMO they hired me to run. Because by the way, I was building a PMO from scratch. I had a whole new team. I had to understand what was going on first before I could dive into a program. So I bought myself a little bit of time by saying, okay, sounds good. But instead of diving into one specific program first, how about we take a step back and let me get a lay of the land of what the PMO requirements are, what are the business problems we're solving, how we need to go about solving those business problems, and let me get to know the team. And let's see what all of these programs are that need managing. Great. Because truth be told, what they were really trying to do was pay for one person and have them do two full-time jobs. And I knew that, and they knew that, but that's not what we were going to talk about. We were going to slow roll this for a second so that I could get a lay of the land and see. Maybe there wasn't that much to do with the PMO and maybe I could run another program. Let's see. And this is something that is commonly done in organizations when the business is trying to save money and get multiple things happening with one person. They overload staff. Business leaders do this all the time and they do it because they either don't have access to additional funding for resources or they just think they can squeeze more out of one person and a million other reasons, none of which really mattered at the end of the day because I was there to create this PMO and create the outcomes that need to be created. So what I did is I got in the door and started interviewing stakeholders. I do exactly what I teach my students to do in our Impact Engine PMO program, which is Go into the organization with the mindset that you don't have all the answers and that you need to be asking good questions. And I went through the same assessment process that I now teach our Impact Engine PMO students. So I started interviewing stakeholders, asking questions, understanding where the pain points were, understanding where the opportunities are. And most importantly, and the best way I learned about how programs were done in the organization was to ask the program managers that now reported to me. Now, you may not have program managers reporting to you when you first start, 
but you want to talk to the people that are doing project management, whether they're called project managers, program managers, whatever, wherever they are in the organization, the best way to learn about what's going on and how things are done today is by asking them. And that had told me so much about what the organization really needed and interviewing the stakeholders told me so much about what the organization wanted. And I was able to use that to then create a strategy for what the PMO needed to do in order to drive the highest possible return on investment for the strategy. So that really did a lot more to help me learn about what was needed in the organization and what the services and capabilities might need to look like and what pain points need to be addressed so much more than had I been on a single program, right? Now, the other thing I did is start laying out what the actual work was that needed to happen. So I did the same things I teach my Impact Engine PMO students now. I did that assessment work. I did those interviews. I learned from the stakeholders' mouths directly what it is that their pain points were, then used all of that information to define the services and capabilities that need to be delivered. And then I started doing some work to actually observe what was happening on the existing programs. For example, I started attending program management meetings that the different program managers that now reported to me were doing. So what were the sponsor meetings like? How did their stakeholders engage? I observed what was actually happening in the organization on these various programs. And what I discovered was that the pain points that the business leaders had identified were actually symptoms of a different root cause. And that root cause was that the stakeholders and sponsors on these programs didn't really understand their role. They didn't really understand what it was that they were supposed to be doing to support these programs. For example, I'd go into a program update meeting and the program manager would seem a little like nervous and tentative going into the meeting. And I was like, oh, this is great. We're doing this great meeting to talk about what's going on with the program. And they're like, yeah, but I have bad news. I don't think it's going to go well. So we go into the meeting and I'm just observing. And what I see is the sponsor at one end of the table, the program manager at the other end of the table, and all these stakeholders in the room. And the program manager would say, here's what's going on. Here's what's working. Here's what's not. We're kind of stuck here. And the sponsor would say, well, what are you going to do about it, program manager? Instead of saying, how can I help? They were saying, well, how are you going to fix this? This is your fault. This is your problem. You're accountable. You need to fix it kind of thing. They didn't understand that their job as sponsors was to say, how can I help? What barriers can I remove? What meetings do you need me to have? Tell me what to do to help. They didn't know that was their role. So what really became clear quickly was that the challenges that they were experiencing were related to, in this case, lack of clarity around roles and responsibilities, not really understanding how to support moving the program forward, and a gap between what the program manager was supposed to be responsible for and what the sponsors were supposed to be responsible for. And so all of these things were falling through the cracks. This created an incredible opportunity for me to take a step back and say, okay, what you think is going on here and what's not working and why these programs are getting stalled is not what it looks like. It's not because the program managers don't know what they're doing, because by the way, that was one of the things that they shared. They said, well, we think we really need to develop these program managers into program managers. We've taken all these people that may or may not have done program management before. Poof, you're program managers. Poof, you're now in this PMO. And there wasn't really a lot of that underlying work done to figure out how to make all that work, figure out how to turn the PMO into an impact engine. 
So after I did that assessment work and determined what the root causes of some of the challenges were, that was one of them for sure around roles and responsibilities. But another one was related to trust and relationships and credibility and all these things that were missing that needed to be there for the teams to work together well and be a cohesive unit toward a common goal. And another that we noticed in this assessment process is that everyone on the program and doing work that a part of achieving the projects that were happening in this program didn't really understand the bigger why of what was happening and why it mattered and how critical they were to the success of these programs and why these programs were even happening to redefine this entire part of this broader organization, et cetera. So understanding all of those root causes positioned me to then take that information to the business leaders and say, okay, just like we do in the Impact Engine PMO program, here's the assessment of the current state. Here's the root causes that I've determined. Here's the correct solutions for those root causes. Here is when we can deliver these solutions and what that's going to take. And when you can see the impacts and the outcomes of this better future state that got them very interested and very excited about the future. And from that position, I was able to say, how fast would you like to go? How important is it that we put these new services and capabilities in place to deliver these outcomes, which will remove these pain points and therefore achieve these impacts the organization is really looking for. And one important strategic asset for me in this process was the business leader over the business unit that was responsible for this entire portfolio of programs. I got him on my side quickly by saying, here are the problems, here's what we need to do about it, how much does this matter for you? And having him as a champion for the approach we were going to take and the outcomes and the impacts we were going to have by making these changes in this PMO I was building, I was able to garner such great support for accelerating, getting those things done, that there was no time left for me to also manage programs because he wanted the outcomes that I was going to create through this PMO. He wanted the impacts that I was going to create and that this PMO was going to create when we made these changes that need to be changed. He had a sense of urgency and that urgency played a big role in me being able to explain, look, I can take six months or a year to roll these things out that are going to make your lives easier if I'm also managing a program, or I can take three to six months to roll these changes out by having my time dedicated to delivering these results. That's where you have to focus. So if you're in this situation where you're being asked to build the plane while flying it, or you're asked to deliver more services working in the PMO than on the PMO, or if you're asked to, oh, just manage a bunch of programs and projects while also building the PMO, what, in your sleep? You can say, yes, I understand why that would be important for you. I understand the constraints we have around resources, and I understand the benefits of learning about how projects or programs are done in this organization. Let me do my assessment work first, and let's determine the root causes of any changes we need to make, what those changes should be, and when you can have them, and then let the plan do the talking for you. The plan will show them, look at all these great things you can have, and the outcomes you're looking for, and the impacts it's going to have in the organization. How important are they to you, and when do you want them? And of course, when you get them excited about solving the business problems they know they have, 
and focus on giving them what they want before you give them what they need, it's going to be a no brainer for them to say, well, I've got to give you time to do this. And no, I can't wait a year to see these results. I want them yesterday. Excellent. I'm glad you and I are on the same page. And now here's what it's going to take to make that happen. Yes, you can have this. And it means that I'm going to need to spend this time working on these things to achieve these results faster than taking a year to do it because I'm also splitting my time working on a program as well. And at that point, it's really a triple constraint conversation, baby. Time, scope, and cost how much time you have, how big the scope is, and what it's going to cost them to get there. And frankly, you want them investing in you and your future and your ability to deliver impact. These are the experiences that led to me literally creating the system that we use in the Impact Engine PMO program and why our students are so successful. I've seen it all, I've done it all, and I've had to learn the hard way many of the things that I now teach my students and you listening to this podcast today, Impact Driver, this is how we help you make a big impact. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. If you are considering the Impact Engine PMO training and implementation program and our fabulous coaching and mastermind group, now is the time to join. We are doing some really big things in this program and I'm gonna be working with all of our coaching students next month to help them figure out how to balance working in the PMO versus working on the PMO. That's it for this session today. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit. If you aren't registered for our free high impact event to help you elevate your leadership capability and your PMO, then make sure to register for free today. Just go to pmoimpactsummit.com and I cannot wait to see you there. And if you are love what you are hearing in these episodes and they are helping you make a big impact, please leave a rating and review so that others know how to find this podcast and that it's going to deliver exactly what we say, which is helping you make a huge impact with the PMO. Bye-bye for now.